Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Big thanks to the vet, Dr. Gene Gezke, for joining us an hour ago on Ask the Vet. And we'll have that available, uh, the podcast available shortly at WCCRadio. Dot com. And once again, an update on Doug and Tech Talk. He's been on the air here for years on uh, Saturday afternoons, lately between 3 and 4 o'clock. Uh, he's been under the weather, not feeling well. He is on the road to recovery, and we hope to have Doug back real soon. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, v- very good news. And right now we're going to go outdoors. Another guy we've talked to for a long time here on the weekends. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney, outdoors.com. Steve, how you been? I've been okay, Steve. How you doing, man? Yeah, here we are a week or two from the fishing opener. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but the weather <laughs> certainly feels like, I mean, it, it, you, you, you've been, uh, you've been in the outdoors for a long time. You and I have been around for a long time. This is one for the books this winter. Yeah, I think it's kind of over, Steve. It's, um, boy, the ice is really, you know, changing. It's, you know, really honeycombing and just, it's just not good. And especially the accesses in a lot of the lakes are getting so beat up. Um, down in the metro, of course, it's pretty much over down there, a lot of open water. But up in the northwest, you know, people are still getting around on four wheelers, which I don't really recommend. But, I've been walking out almost the whole, you know, last two or three weeks just to be safe. And fishing is good, but um, it's changing. And we have, you know, some really warm stuff coming in the next week. So I think it's kind of the beginning of the end, as they say. Steve Carney joining us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. And then it kind of turns into now we just kind of wait or you head out to the Missouri River kind of thing. I am going this week, Steve. I'm so excited. Right. Um, my boat is ready, my new boat this year, and I'm going to get it out uh, middle part of the week and head out there. And, yeah, it really started about a week ago out there. The accesses are open. Um, things are looking good. It's supposed to be in the middle 60s this week. So there are options. You know, Rainy River is going to probably start pretty soon. And I think the ice fishing thing, it's just um, – Boy, it's um, just not happening. A lot of the big houses are gone, and I think the participation has really pretty much had it. And, you know, it's just not safe. So, um, you know, we do have open water options coming up. You know, Devil's Lake, that'll be coming up pretty soon. Uh, Border waters probably maybe two, three weeks away. So there are other options. 
Yeah, and as we look at the winter that really wasn't, um, you wanted to bring up, and I think this is a great topic, because going into the fall, we were kind of talking about we had some tough winters, uh, tough on all the critters, tough on the deer, etc. Um, talk about that winter severity index. That is really interesting, Steve. You know, the DNR has all this criteria for deciding, you know, what the severity is. And usually a a score of around 50 is mild and 150, it's getting a little worse. And then over 200, um, it's not good. And the last two winters, we've been up in the high 100s and 200s. And they kind of assess this about every quarter. And if you go on the DNR website, you can see how they you know, set up areas throughout the state for the index. And it's kind of interesting to watch. But believe it or not, this winter, it's been right around 50, which is really good. And, you know, they look at uh, food sources. They look at uh, population. They look at wolves. They look at many different things to come up with this index. And so the good news, a very mild winter. Um, I'm seeing a lot of does out with their fawns, which means they survive the winter, which is good. A lot of turkeys, pheasants are doing okay. So this is the winter we really needed. And, you know, anything we get from now on really won't be a big deal. I think we're over the hump. And if we get some snow or whatever, it's going to be, you know, short-lived. So the good news, we really needed a mild winter, and we have it. But we're really hurting on lake uh, water levels. Boy, we're hurting. A lot of the sloughs are dry uh, rivers are drying up. We really need rain. We really need some sort of snow event in March, which I'm sure we'll get. But, boy, we need water, um, you know, really bad. There, There is no doubt, Steve, that is the next big story as we head for March and a, a very, very early spring. Uh, we, we haven't had much snow at all here in the cities. I mean, it's just... Uh, been been hit and miss, maybe two, three weeks of snow cover, and that's been about it. But but you're absolutely right. As dry as it was for a long stretch and drought last summer, uh, we picked up a lot of rain here in the cities anyway in the fall, uh, nine inches in some spots in, in the course of a week. But, you know, as we, we move into spring and summer, that that is the big story. Uh, are, are we going to get moisture, and are we going to be able to keep water levels where they need to be? Yeah, you know, Steve, um, the snowpack is really important. I mean, you need that, sure. you know, 24 inches, 36 inches, whatever it is, you need that to replenish the sloughs and the lakes. And when you don't have that, you really hope for good spring rains because it's, I can tell already, you know, out in the lakes I've been on, the accesses are like super low um, a lot of the flats now have maybe two or three inches of water above them, and which is kind of dangerous. So, yeah, we need the moisture. Hopefully we'll get it. Uh, March is known for some pretty good snowstorms, so hopefully we'll get that. But, yeah, we really need it. And if we go through another year of drought, um, it's going to be really serious. So, you know, we'll have to see. And, and Steve, your, your trip to the Missouri River, tell us more. What's the plan? Do you usually work out at Chamberlain? Yep, I'm so excited, Steve. I can't wait to get out there. They've been doing real well the last couple of weeks, and a lot of the accesses on the Missouri River opened up in the last probably 10 days. So there's people out there right now hitting it hard, and um, 
what, what's really going to be strange, we're going to have an early ice out. And so I think we're going to be maybe a month ahead. So we're going to be sitting around twiddling our thumbs here yeah. till the, you know, Minnesota opener in the middle of May. But, you know, the Missouri River is going to be, you know, wide open and good walleye fishing for, you know, all the way into May and June. So that's a really good option. And I'm really looking forward to getting out there. And, um, you know, the pre-spawn bite right now is going well. Um, we'll just have to see. I hopefully can be out there this week and, give it a shot and, you know, make many more trips back there before, you know, the Minnesota opener. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you and uh, we'll do it again in one week. And hopefully you've, you've got, you, you've got some great reports from the Missouri river. We'll have some fish stories, Steve, good or right. bad. We'll have some fish stories. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I, I love the guarantee. There he is. Steve Carney, Steve Carney, outdoors.com has been joining us for years. And by the way, our outdoors coverage continues each and every Sunday between 5 and 6. Rob Driesline from the Outdoor News. Great show every Sunday between 5 and 6. Sports schedules permitting, of course, here on News Talk, A3OWCCO. Timberwolves back at it. They had a marquee game with the Bucks and ESPN last night. Didn't go well in the third quarter. Bucks prevail. Timberwolves right back at it tonight. The Brooklyn Nets in town. Chris Hine will join us from the Star Tribune here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Timberwolves back from the break. A lot in front of them. Can they be a number one seed in the NBA's Western Conference? And they open with a big game with the Milwaukee Bucks Friday night, Target Center, 9 o'clock start, ESPN. Stephen A. Smith was there. All the stars were out. Uh, a big crowd, but the Timberwolves didn't play very well at all in the third quarter. Joining us to visit about that, Chris Hine, who covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune. Um, I, I think we're being kind. That was an ugly third quarter, Chris. That was not good. <laughs> One of their one of their worst quarters of the season. Um, that was that was brutal. Um, the offense just was like I don't know what was going on offensively with them. It was it was like very quick shots. Guys trying to you know just hit a shot to stem the you know, kind of stem the tide, which only makes it worse when you do something like that because you're taking bad shots. And it was just yeah, it just kind of snowballed in on itself. Um, you know. It, it, a lot of talk last night about how they were just missing shots a lot of the night, um, but that third quarter, I would I would disagree with with a lot of that. I think they they only have themselves to blame for that. 
Yeah, and Chris, the, is this part of the process, and, and follow along for a moment, that the, the, mm-hmm. the Timberwolves are, are kind of finding their way and got off to the great start and then had some bumps in the road, trying to figure out how to win and be a top team in the NBA. And the Milwaukee Bucks, coming out of the All-Star break, appeared to be ready to play. The Timberwolves weren't. Yes, I think... I think there was a little bit of the all-star break kind of experience there. And I kind of wrote about this in the, in the paper today. I say, I said, the all-star break kind of is an equalizer when you come out on the other end of it. It's like the Bucks weren't playing well coming into the all-star mm. break and the Wolves were playing well. So if you're the Bucks, you come out of the all-star break, like, okay, we, we, we had a little break. Let's reset. Let's come out focused. And, you know, they got in, they got into Minnesota early actually earlier than you might think uh, they practiced here on thursday if i'm not mistaken uh, which is kind of unusual especially coming out of the all-star break so there was clearly a, a focus on the part of the bucks that you know or at least they were the more desperate team and, and chris finch often likes to say you know sometimes in the nba it, uh, the more desperate team is the one that ends up winning and the bucks were clearly the more driven more focused more desperate team because they needed a strong start to the second to the last third of the season. The Wolves didn't necessarily need that, so I, I don't think the, quite the hunger or the drive was quite there for the Wolves. And it was a weird day with all the you know weird couple of days, with all the ESPN cameras, all the hype, all the hoopla, the late start. Um, you know, and I've often found in situations like that where there is so much attention and abnormality to your day, it can throw you off your rhythm. Um, and lead to a, a potentially poorer performance than you might otherwise have. So it is only one game of 82, certainly not a deal-breaker. And the Timberwolves had a very nice win over the Bucks there in uh, their season series, so so there is that. And the Timberwolves have to jump right back at it tonight, which is probably good, and they get a team that's really struggling. I think it's a, I think it's a very good thing that they're back at it tonight, just try to get the taste of that one. Out of their mouths, uh, Brooklyn recently fired Josh Bond, um, replaced him with Kevin Ollie as their coach coming out of the break. And the break for them seemed to be more of a continuation of their issues. Uh, I forget what the stat was, but I think they've lost like in the last 32 games or so. They've lost like three out of four, like right around there uh, in their last 32. So like a winning percentage of only like 25 to 30 percent. Um, in the last 32 games, which is what led it to Jock Vaughn's firing. Um, so, you know, we'll see if, if the Nets just kind of continue this free fall. This is the kind of game where you don't want to give an opponent life. If you come out and you're the Wolves and you, you know, go up, you know, 15 in the first quarter or something like that, you could end up just blowing them out. Um, but if you let them hang around early, give them a little bit of life, a team that is looking for that, might be eager to take advantage of a, of a door that gets open for them. And for the Minnesota Timberwolves, were, we, we just had the all-star break, but well beyond the halfway point, this, this is really the push in, in the idea where you, you want to find your way and, and be playing well and secure one of those spots. Ultimately, if you're not the number one seed, I'm not sure how much that matters in the Western Conference, but uh, – you know, certainly being in one of those top two or three spots is a big deal. 
It is. You know, we were kind of asking them at practice, you know, does the number one seed matter, all that stuff. It does not seem to matter all that much to them. Um, I, that's just the, the vibe I got talking to players and, and Finch. I, I don't think that they are going to be obsessing about the number one seed. You know, if they lose, if they fall behind the Thunder or whoever by a game or two, it's not going to be a huge deal. I think for them, you know, let the standings kind of fall where they may. And if by the end of the season, all that matters is that they are playing at the, at the kind of the peak of their potential um, and doing it on a night in night out basis. I think if, if they hit that, whether they're the one or two seed, I think they'll, they'll live with that and take their chances uh, going into the playoffs, which is, you know, why I think last night was so disappointing in, in a way, because, you know, here was a chance to really show that on a national scale. And they ended up, kind of playing a, a brand of very odd basketball in that third quarter. Chris Hyden joining us, John Schuster, Coldwell Banker, Hotlining, covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune. Always a lot of great content online at startribune.com. Once again, Timberwolves and Nets tonight, as opposed to All-Star break continues. Uh, Mike Connolly re-upped with the Timberwolves, and – I know there's there's so much focus on Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert and that blockbuster trade that brought him over a year ago. But I, I still maintain that the deal that brought Mike Connolly in here and the fact that you were able to extend him, I know he's late in his career, is a hugely important move to this franchise. It's it's way, way up there of, of one of the great all-time moves to, to stabilize an important position. And then beyond that, bring in someone who's just such a true pro. Yeah, it's, and if you have any intention of, you know, spinning this forward, of, you know, holding this, this group together, making a run over the next two years or so, two or three years, then having Mike Conley as this very steadying hand, this adult in the room, organizer, whatever whatever term you want to use for it, I think has just been so essential to where they are right now as a team and what they hope to be in the playoffs. Chris Chris Finch was asked about the the extension yesterday, and he threw out a stat. He's like, I think I heard. You know, the other day that Mike Conley, you know, in his career has gone places and they've each of these, each of the places has set like a franchise mark for, for wins um, in the regular season or something like that. And it's like, that just kind of says it all about Mike Conley and what he brings to the table. It's he's, he's somebody that commands respect of everybody in the organization, everybody on the team, um, you know, and, and he does it in a, in a very, uh, friendly is not quite the the right word, but he just is is a good presence, a positive presence, an uplifting presence to to everybody. Um, and you can see that the players really respond to him. Uh, you know, guys like Anthony Edwards love him. Everybody up and down the roster loves him. And so that's you know, Tim Connolly has tried to bring that here to Minnesota. Kind of, I think it's just as important for for Tim Connolly to bring in good guys who are going to be good presences in the locker room mm. as a po- as well as good basketball players. And Mike, and you don't pretty much don't get that 
in any player more than Mike Conley in the NBA. Well, and, and you get the sense that a guy like Mike Conley commands so much respect around the NBA. Young guys, certainly the veteran guys, coaches, anybody. I mean, that, 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 that's also not an easy commodity to come by. Almost universal respect. A hundred percent. Nobody's ever trying to call him out or trash talk him or whatever, right? No, um, he's no. just very steady, very even-keeled. Officials love him because he doesn't argue much, <laughs> you know, or he argues in a – or he gets his point across in a very respectful, you know, way that doesn't show them up or that, you know, he's not throwing temper tantrums out there on the floor, um, you know, and he's a, he's a bit like a, a coach on the floor. It's a very overused term sometimes when it comes to a point guard, but – uh, you know, Finch trusts him to just call the right things. And that helps in tight moments when, you know, communication might might be hard. You know, it might be hard to hear the bench. Mike Conley just kind of calls something, what he sees in the, in the course of the game. And, you know, it's usually what Finch might want or would call anyway. Um, so it's, you know, it's a very good relationship, you know, kind of, all, all around from a leadership standpoint and from just the quality of play that they're getting, at, at, even at this point in his career. Yeah, just huge for this team going forward. Final thoughts. Steve Kerr, $35 million two-year extension to coach. Um, I, I don't know if Finch has seen this or, or if Chris Finch has gotten <laughs> wind of this, but oh my, that that is unbelievable. <laughs> Well, the, the Monty Williams contract <laughs> last year, now Steve Kerr's contract. Wow. Well, I, I will say, you know, it's I have not spoken to Chris Finch about that, um, uh, you know, on or off the record. Um, <laughs> I will say, I'm sure, I'm sure it's been noticed and noted. Um, and but listen, it, I, that kind of money comes when you win championships and or get two championships. So, you know, you can, you can start dreaming about it and, and, you know, what's, what's the phrase, uh, you know, a high tide lifts all ships or something like that, you know, yeah. like it's going to lift coaches salaries all across the board, most likely, but you're only going to get that money if you start hanging up banners. So I think that's got to come first. But yeah, a, a coach now making, I mean, now granted, it's not Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert money, but that's still pretty good for a coach. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's uh, well, you know, in the NBA, when when you have luxury taxes and salary caps and and all that stuff, and you know, what's one place where you're not capped in your spending? Well, you're not really capped in what you can spend to hire a coach. So maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit of here. Is that. Wow, that that is big bucks. Uh, beat writers are next. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know about that we'll see we'll see about that I, yeah I, from your from your lips to God's ears but I don't think yeah, that's right. going to happen <laughs> all right Chris always good to visit with you thanks thanks Steve appreciate it there he is Chris Hine covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune they get the Nats disappointing third quarter they fall to the Bucks on Friday night right back at it tonight eight o'clock. Target Center. Quick break. We'll have the weather in a moment here at News Talk, 830 WCCO. The games are underway in the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League. Twins beat the Pirates 
earlier today, and you heard that ball game here in the home of the Twins. News Talk 830 WCCO 5-3. The final in the ball game today. Louis Varlin throwing hard right out of the gate. Once again, Twins win 5-3. They'll be at JetBlue in Fort Myers, home of the Red Sox, for a noon start tomorrow, and you'll hear that game here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Part of the team covering the Twins for the Star Tribune, and they have quite a group down there. Phil Miller uh, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And, Phil, the games begin, and here we go. And here we go. Uh, You look at the schedule, and uh, there's a... Three days off between now and opening day, which is 33 days away. So, yep, uh, started in earnest. Yeah, three games in March in Kansas City before the Twins uh, play two at the Brewers before they make it to Target Field for the start of the regular season and the home opener today. And I, I brought it up. You don't want to read too much in a game in February or really read too much into anything uh, this early in spring training. But uh, Louis Varland comes out of the gate throwing the ball really hard today. I said to him uh, when we talked to him afterwards, uh, 98 to the first yeah. batter. Uh, what did what uh, what are you trying to prove there? He just said, uh, I just felt uh, all warmed up and felt really good, ready to go. And sometimes 98 happens. So uh, I don't think it was intentional, but uh, he, uh, yeah, he he looks like. Uh, his velocity is certainly back. Yeah, and let's talk about Louis Varland and his role as you look at potential starters and what a rotation would look like. Uh, how, how do you see the fit for Varland when this team comes north? Uh, well, right now I see him uh, just like with Bailey Ober last year. He comes to camp. He uh, looks like one of uh, he looks like he's ready to be a big league starter. But uh, there are five more veteran big league starters ahead of him, including Bailey Ober now. And uh, uh, I remember uh, all the, the day before they sent Bailey Ober to, uh, to uh, St. Paul uh, in the last week of the training camp, he said, I just can't believe the way I've pitched that they would do that. And uh, the next day they did. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just something that uh, the young guys have to face. I, I, as it is right now, there are five healthy guys uh, in front of him. The, the interesting backstory with uh, Varland, though, is that the manager uh, would like to see him in his bullpen. Uh, uh, he pitched so well in the playoffs last year and down the stretch that uh, Rocco Baldelli made it clear that uh, if it was up to him, Louis might be a reliever. But uh, I think Louis wants to remain a starter. I think the Twins... Uh, other than the manager, want him to remain a starter. So it probably means uh, a few weeks in St. Paul um, until they need uh, a sixth uh, starter, assuming uh, everyone stays healthy. So, um, you know, it's the price you pay for being 23, I guess. Yeah, and it, it, it was kind of funny. It raised an eyebrow. I had uh, the ball game on Chris and Danny, and when when Danny mentioned, you know, he touched 98 on the gun, oh, my. 98 in February. (laughs) So I I had to bring that up out of the gate. A a fair number of regulars saw action in the Grapefruit League opener. You know, the guys that figured to be a big part of this club uh, saw some A-Bs today, and that's got to be fun for the the folks at the Lee County Sports Complex. 
Yeah, uh, eight of the nine figure to be on the opening day roster, and Austin Martin batted ninth, and uh, he figures to be a target field at some point this year. So, uh, yeah, they they used a lot of the uh, regular uh, big leaguers today, uh, kind of unusual for the first day. Um, Still no Carlos Correa and uh, Byron Buxton. They're both perfectly fine, perfectly healthy, and uh, hit some uh, long shots during batting practice, but uh, they'll be in – I guess Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, the next two games are on the road, and Rocco doesn't make the veterans uh, travel to road games. So I think uh, we'll see uh, Buxton and Correa soon enough. But uh, pretty much just about the rest of the starting lineup was uh, was out there today. A um, couple of names keep circulating, veteran players that potentially could be on the move. Uh, Kyle Farmer, uh, it, it seems as though the rumors about Max Kepler have quieted down. But Farmer is a name that comes up. And then uh, hear, hear grumblings about maybe Alex Kirilov potentially being on the move in, in a deal. And, and once again, it, it, it's still, still early and they, they are just rumors. But what, what do you make of, of Farmer and Kirilov continuing to be names that are out there? Well, I think it's kind of, uh, there's a domino, uh, there could be a domino effect here that the Twins feel like they could use another right-handed hitting outfielder. Um, their outfield is, is uh, outside of Buxton, is all pretty left-handed. So they would like to bring in another uh, right-handed hitting outfielder. If that happens, then Willie Castro, who played center field uh, today, probably becomes more of an infield uh, infield outfield uh, utility man and that might make uh Kyle Farmer uh, a little more expendable uh he's uh you know he's got a um, salary around uh, 7 million dollars which is a little high for uh, uh a utility player uh, mm-hmm. but uh i don't know that it would be a money thing so much as uh as uh, roster spots and kind of crowded as it is though Cal Farmer can play any infield spot uh, and he is right-handed to uh, Edward Julian's uh, left-handed hitting they could make a good platoon at uh, second base if uh, if those dominoes don't fall and uh, the roster doesn't change much Uh, I talked to uh, Derek Falva yesterday and uh, you know, he's not going to tell you everything, but he certainly did not give the impression that uh, that a move could happen at any moment. So uh, a month to go, and there are a lot of free agents still without jobs. Uh, we'll see if they get one. If they get an outfielder, I would take uh, all of the trade talks more seriously because it might be a way to uh, bring in another starting pitcher. Twins and Red Sox tomorrow at noon over at JetBlue. Uh, speaking of the Red Sox, you, you did a story, Phil, that, that caught my eye. Uh, former Twins reliever uh, is now in management with the Red Sox. That, that, that's quite a story about Craig Breslow. Yeah, Craig uh, Craig was here in uh, 2008 and nine, way back when I was at the Pioneer Press, and then was here in 2017, uh, I covered him for the Star Tribune, and uh, he was just always uh, uh, so humble, such a uh, such a friendly guy. Um, and uh, our columnist Lavelle Neal uh, uh, dubbed him the uh, the smartest man in baseball, which he uh, may well be. He, uh, and it's funny. He uh, I wrote a couple of stories uh, the first time he was here about how 
his intention was to go to medical school when his career ended. And uh, he ended up having a much longer baseball career than he expected. And uh, it's a little late to go to medical school now. But he is such uh, an adapter of uh, technology and uh, data um, that the Red Sox were impressed enough not to just hire him for the front office the way the Cubs did, the way the Twins talked about doing, but they put him in charge. He uh, He's the Derek Falvey of, uh, of the Red Sox now, one of uh, four former players to uh, be running the baseball operation. Uh, smart guy and uh, really, uh, really happy for him. And uh, it's not an easy market, uh, Boston, uh, oh. but we'll see. They've uh, they've gone through their general managers in the last uh, six seven years, uh, four of them now I think. So uh, we'll see how he does. But uh, it was uh, it, it really was uh, fun to see him, um, and uh, yeah, they'll see him tomorrow at uh, JetBlue. Yeah, and I'm wondering what it's like to have all that talent, have the ability to go to medical school, defer that, pitch in the big leagues, and, and now become a major league executive. That that that's impressive. Yeah, it's uh, quite a career choice. He yeah. said. Uh, no, no. He, he said. I put in the story. He said he was in Minnesota pitching for the Twins when the uh, he had he had been accepted to NYU School of Medicine, uh, but they gave him a deferral while he uh, pitched because he didn't think his his pitching career would last long. And finally, after five years, the dean of admissions called and said, uh, "We can't wait anymore." Uh, and uh, <laughs> And uh, he ended up uh, just staying in baseball, and uh, it was, turned out to be a good idea. Wow. Yeah, it is a great read. Check it out at StarTribune.com. Hey, Phil, always great. Thanks so much for the time. Hopefully we can do it again. I look forward to it, Steve. Thanks. Bye-bye. There, there he is. Phil Miller covers the Twins for the Star Tribune online at StarTribune.com. They beat the Pirates 5-3 to three in the Grapefruit League. And as we talked about out of the top, um, Louis Varlin throwing hard right out of the gate today. Twins win it. They get the Red Sox tomorrow at high noon. When we come back, scores. Girls State Hockey Tournament. 1-8 title game underway. One period in the books. Uh, they've already handed out some trophies today. State Gymnastics underway next door at Roy Wilkins Auditorium. We've got college hoops for the men and women. We'll get into all of that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We have girls hockey today, hardware being handed out all over St. Paul. Let's get to the early early games at Tria Rink. Uh, For the old-timers, that's on top of the old Dayton's building in downtown St. Paul. That's where the Wild practice. Proctor Hermantown beat Wilmer 5-2 to win the 1A Consolation Championship. Orono beat Holy Angels 3-2 in the 1A third-place game at the XL Energy Center earlier today. In the 2A consolation final at Tria Rink, Maple Grove beat Rozo 4-1. And in the 2A third-place game, Minnetonka beat Andover 5-3. Underway, the 1A championship game at the XL Energy Center Dodge County had a 1-0 lead. Warroad scored the final two goals of the first. Warroad leading Dodge County 2-1. And they are just getting underway in period two in St. Paul. And then tonight at 7, the 2A championship. Perennial Powers, Hill Murray, Andy Dyna go at it. A lot of green on the ice in downtown St. Paul tonight. Meanwhile, gymnastics next door at Roy Wilkins Auditorium. 
in 1A on Friday. Becker is your team champ. And in 2A, Lakeville South is the team champion. Individual champions being crowned today and tonight at Roy Wilkins Auditorium. All right. Big day at College Hoops, men and women. And, of course, Caitlin Clark and Iowa coming to town to Williams Arena this week with scores there. Here is producer Jonathan Lowe. Thank you very much, Steve. And it is a hooping and hollering Saturday across the country. We will keep it light and bright this hour. We'll start in the Big Ten, and we will start with the men's side. Penn State gets a win over Indiana this afternoon, 83-74. to Number 12, Illinois, scores their 1,000th Big Ten victory in college basketball with a 95-85 win over Iowa. Tomorrow, it's going to be Maryland taking on Rutgers. Number three, Purdue taking on Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. And Minnesota will wrap up the weekend for the Big Ten as they travel to Nebraska in the Summit League today on the men's side. North Dakota State, they get a victory over North Dakota at Shields Center in Fargo, 73-68. to It was South Dakota surviving against Oral Roberts, 77-76. South Dakota State takes down St. Thomas in Brookings, 77-72. Let's head to the women's side. Today, it is Nebraska. Nebraska and Minnesota from Lincoln on the ladies' side. The Gophers currently trailing the Cornhuskers early in the third quarter, 34-21. Earlier today, Michigan State defeats Rutgers, 93-57. Michigan takes down Northwestern, 74-60. Tomorrow, there will be games from the Big Ten side on the women's side. Number four, Iowa will take on Illinois. Number two, Ohio State battles Maryland and Columbus. And Purdue will take on Wisconsin in Madison. On the women's side in the Summit League, it's North Dakota State taking on North Dakota at the half. The Bison lead the Fighting Hawks 56-43. Earlier today, South Dakota State won in St. Paul over St. Thomas 97-63, and Oral Roberts took down South Dakota in Tulsa 77-63. We'll have more scores coming up at the end of the next hour, Steve. All right, very good, and uh, once again, we'll keep an eye on College Hoops Big Ten Women's and men's tournament coming to Target Center. That uh, should be a phenomenal couple of weeks of hoops in downtown Minneapolis. If you're just joining us, uh, opening game of the Grapefruit League. Twins beat the Pirates 5-3. to three. They'll play the Red Sox tomorrow at JetBlue in Fort Myers. You'll hear it at high noon. Don't forget our sports coverage begins at 10 a.m. with the huddle. Pete Najeri and Dave Schwartz. And then they'll turn it over to the Twins. It'll be... Of course, Chris Hatterberry and Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play at noon from Fort Myers. The news in a moment. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 